We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is KCSN Update presented by our good friends at DraftKings. I'm Tucker Franklin. As you know, on Thursdays, we go behind enemy lines, and now we got a great show lined up for you today with Benjamin Albright from the Broncos flagship station in Denver, KOA. Let's get right into it. I don't want to waste any any of uh, Ben's time. So, Ben, appreciate you joining me. How are you doing today uh, with uh, Broncos Chiefs just, just around the corner? <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty well. Sorry, I'm doing this in the uh, you know in the car. You know how it is being busy and all that. But uh, I, you know, enjoying life out here at Colorado, I guess, as best I can for having a football team that's uh, struggling to put ten points up uh, most games these days. Uh, you know, it, uh, it's rough out here in Broncos country. We're long gone for the days of uh, of, of Peyton Manning. Uh, you know, the Broncos uh, thought that they were getting offensive improvement this year with Russell Wilson, but. And, and Nathaniel Hackett, unfortunately, that hasn't materialized. Still got an elite defense, but uh, but the offense has been historically bad. Yeah, it, it it has been, and we've talked a lot about the defense, a lot about the a lot about the offense. Ben, we're going to get your five things that you're kind of looking forward to in in this game. Looking at uh, whether it's matchups, uh, systems, anything that you're looking forward to in this game. But before that, I kind of want to talk to you about how crazy this NFL season has been. You look back at this year, everyone thought the AFC West was going to be this conference that was or this division that was so dominant but and now you got the jets over in the afc east and that conference looks or that division looks uh tough as well you got all kinds of craziness going on the lions and vikings play this week and it's hard to pick a winner in that game uh which is which is uh unusual so i want to get your thoughts kind of uh, on the league as a whole uh this season just kind of the crazy parody that's happened this year well, I think I think that's the crazy thing. That's the great thing about the NFL is it does have parity, and you know it's not just 
who looks better on paper. You know, we, we play the games and all of a sudden we find out that some of our presuppositions were, you know, were incorrect. Uh, the Detroit Lions are a, a competitive football team, you know. Um, the, you know, the, the AFC West is not nearly as tough as, as probably everybody thought it was going to be. Now, I, uh, one of the things I, I thought when everybody was banding about, uh, you know, this summer, how good the AFC West was, is like, well, if every team is good, then they're going to cannibalize each other and it's not going to be good. The problem was they weren't all good and they still cannibalized each other. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's Kansas City and everybody else in the AFC West right now. And, uh, you know, good for the Raiders for picking up a couple of wins recently. The Chargers look like they're floundering. And, of course, uh, you guys are about to see the Denver Broncos uh, uh, this weekend, so you get a load of that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I love it. I love when the league throws when the league throws us curveballs, when teams that aren't supposed to be good are good because it makes it fun, it makes it surprising, and not just sitting there like, oh, okay, uh, Tom Brady's winning again, even though he came back and won again this past weekend. Right. It's some, some things never change is what it seems like. Uh, but I think it's been really interesting, especially uh, how things have developed. The Seahawks, especially after the, the trade, have looked like a competent football team and have, have looked like a, probably the toughest team left on, on the Chiefs' schedule, if we're being honest. But the Chiefs getting the Broncos, Ben, as you mentioned, for the first time, it feels like this is really late. Uh, for the Chiefs and Broncos to meet for the first time this season, and they'll play again in a, another couple weeks. So um, it, it feels a little odd being this late. Um, but uh, kind of, well, I guess, what are your preliminary thoughts on uh, this Chiefs Broncos game? Well, I think if you're the Denver Broncos, uh, you're you're playing out the string right now. It's that's pretty tough. Um, you know, you're a, a three win football team, and you're very impressive, to be honest. Um, you know, you, you have a lot of close losses. If you go back and look, the Broncos had just scored 18 points in every game. They, they'd be something like a one-loss football team. So, um, you know, I think that uh, I, I think that if you're um, you know if you're the Broncos right now, it's 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 been a massive disappointment. Now, the other thing I think is if you're the Broncos, you can kind of put all your chips on this game. You know, uh, breaking the streak uh, against uh, against Kansas City has sort of been kind of the thing. You know, uh, breaking this, this this streak against Kansas City sort of in the rallying cry, I think, as as they started to realize that you know that this team is uh, you know is not going to get to the playoffs this year. So I, I think that could be a motivational ploy for Nathaniel Hackett or Russell Wilson. You can say, look, we can still accomplish some things this year if we can do that. Now, do I feel like that's realistic? Probably not. But I do feel like in terms of being a motivational ploy, that's probably the way you have to look at this game through the Denver Broncos because you've got the three wins and you're not going anywhere. Right. So let's get into it, uh, Ben. Let's talk about the five things that you're looking forward to in this matchup, regardless of, of what they are, Chiefs side, Broncos side. What are you looking for uh, in this matchup? Let's start with your first thing. Well, the defense. Uh, the defense is still playing lights out. It's still playing at an elite level and seeing how well they hold up against Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that's the litmus test for every defense in the league, isn't it? Playing against the Chiefs. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's, uh, that's considered by far the best offense. You know, I mean, even when Buffalo's playing well or – you know, Eagles doing what they're doing. Kansas City's still the gold standard. So measuring this defense and a Jero Averro against, uh, you know, against Andy Reid, I think is going to be fun. If you're just a, a football fan, I think it's going to be fun. Um, other things I'm looking for, the Broncos are perilously thin with depth. I mean, we're on the third string offensive tackle on both sides, the second string center. Uh, they're down to two running backs that were on practice squads on other teams. Uh, and then the receivers, you know, Cortland Sutton's not going to play in this game. Jerry Judy's hobbled, and you got a bunch of undrafted free agent guys that are going to be out there. I kind of want to see these undrafted free agent guys. You know, Brandon Johnson with good camp. Jalen Virgil has all-world speed if they just get him out there. So uh, I, that's that's really one of the big things I'm looking for. So seeing how the protection 
action holds up, seeing how this offense continues to build in, in uh, another game with Kubiak as the play caller instead of Hackett, uh, seeing the young guys, seeing how the defense holds up. I'm really interested in this in this Broncos defense because they are incredibly good. Patrick Sertan, incredible. They do trade Bradley Chubb earlier this season. And it it seems like that there could be some frustration, especially um, between the two sides of the ball, uh, with with the defense and the offense not putting up some points. And ha- have you seen any of that? Any of that that tension growing between the offense and defense? Not much. Uh, you know, I mean, there's some some private, maybe slight undercurrents that start is starting to get to that point, and I think this could be a breaking game for that. Uh, but you know, overall it really hasn't. The defense is just exasperated that they're out there putting out elite level performances. Like what do we got to do to win football game? You hold a team to, uh, uh, to 10 points and, and get, and, and intercept their quarterback twice, uh, and still come away losing a football game, uh, like they did last week in, in Baltimore. Uh, you know, it feels like that that's, that's gotta be something that just wears on your soul, you know, after a while. So I, I do believe that there's private, um, you know, it kind of a, 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 I don't want to say animosity, but privately there's some, uh, there's some frustration. They won't let that, they're, they're too classy to let that, that spill out publicly. Those guys in the locker room are too classy to their teammates to let it spill out publicly thus far. That doesn't mean there won't be frustration seeing that out there, but uh, thus far there haven't been. I do want to talk about Pat Sertan. He, he's been incredible this year. He's, he's, a, he's a stud. What have you kind of seen from him this season that makes him so good? Well, he's just he's just a great athlete with great size and great instincts, you know, and obviously his dad and Chiefs fans are going to be very familiar with his dad. Um, you know, it, it's uh, he's, he's just a, a guy who's who's uh, uh, been playing the, the corner position his whole life. He's got great instincts and, and great athleticism. And, he, you know, he he does well at baiting co- uh, quarterbacks, too. You know, he kind of plays that trail technique and then he turns on the Jets and he'll, he'll come around and uh, get the PBU or, or try to get the interception, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I think he's a, you know, a top 10 corner in the league. I absolutely do. Um, he's, he's had a couple of, uh, uh, a couple of rough weeks the last two weeks. I think part of that is the fact that, uh, he's had to do so much with Ron Darby out and, and Kwan Williams out a lot of the other injuries that they've had, uh, and, and, and then injuries to the pass rush as well, where the, where the Broncos just aren't getting pressure. So he's got to cover longer, but you know, I, I do believe he's a top 10 corner in this league. I think he's, he's fantastic. And, um, you know, he's, he's a good dude too, on top of it. So when you, you know, when you pair those things up, he's an easy guy to root for. Uh, there's some animosity in the fan base because there's some, some fans out here that they would have rather them taking Justin Fields, but, uh, and I, I don't understand that at all. Uh, you know, Justin Fields, uh, you know, in this, in this stretch that he's been on that everybody's touting him as the next guy, he's 0 and five with three game losing interceptions, uh, still leads the league interception percentage and sack percentage. Um, you know, he's just running the football. Finally, that that's all, that's the only thing that's changed. He started running the football and then he got hurt. So, and I, I, I think that there's always, you know, a grass is greener approach when there was a quarterback in play, but, uh, in terms of Sertan, yeah, I think he's a top 10 corner. I think the Broncos made the right call. And I do want to talk about the Bradley Chubb trade too, because I think, uh, especially for me, it kind of came as a surprise, uh, with, with the defense. Uh, I don't know about the, the, what was the kind of the, the mood around Denver once that, once that trade did come down? Uh, we knew it was coming. Um, it was one of those things where they couldn't pay everybody. And since they paid Russ and sent the draft picks, they need to recoup some of the picks and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And Randy Gregory, they'd already paid. They drafted Nick Benito. They converted Baron Browning, uh, you know, all those kinds of things. So they had bodies there that they were kind of preparing for that eventuality, uh, knowing what Chubb was going to get paid. It didn't go well in the locker room because Chubb was, was very well liked. Uh, Draymond Jones, one of his better friends is, 
you know, they, they, they haven't worked out a deal yet to get him extended. And that's one of those things that, that may come back to bite the Broncos a little bit if they don't get him extended because he holds a grudge because they got rid of his boy. Um, you know, and, and Chubb's, you know, on top of that, Chubb's a good player. But he's been inconsistent. He's been hurt. Um, the last two seasons, you know, he really hasn't been much of a factor prior to this year is, is Malik Reed, an undrafted guy, led the team in, uh, you know, in sacks. They traded him away for next to nothing to the Steelers, uh, you know, this offseason. So, you know, I, I think that uh, I think it's something that it hurt. It stung, especially inside the locker room. But it, it wasn't too surprising here locally as uh, we kind of knew that George Payton knew he needed draft picks back after the after the rust trade. And that defensive line is seemingly getting after the quarterback. You know, as you mentioned, they've had a, a, some struggles in, a, in the last few games, but uh, the Chiefs offensive line isn't fully healthy. And they they struggled with the Cincinnati Bengals defensive line. If there is a guy on this uh, this Broncos defensive line that could kind of cause problems for the Chiefs, who do you think it is? Well, Draymond Jones feasts on guys that aren't very good. Uh, his sacks come in bunches. You go back and look. He leads. I think he leads a team in sacks. But they've been. He had two against the Jets and their their tackle situation. He had two, I think, against the Texans and their tackle situation. One against the Jags. He kind of feasts on guys that aren't very good. Uh, so if you've got somebody out there that's underprepared, he he'll he'll be he'll eat you up. I think Baron Browning's the guy you really got to watch out for. Uh, Barron's the better athlete on the other side, and uh, you know, as far in terms of pressures and everything else, he's kind of been the guy. Um, you know, Nick Benito is a pass rushing specialist and he'll get home every now and again, but it's, he's really, you know, not, not in as often because he doesn't set the edge well in the run game. Jonathan Cooper showed up the last couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to see if he can continue his run as well. Um, so it, it, those are the guys you got to watch out for. Uh, DJ Jones, a run stuff guy, Deshaun Williams, that's a run stuff guy. Mike Purcell, those are all run stuff guys. So they don't generally get to the quarterback very often. If they do, that would be a surprise. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Talking with Benjamin Albright here on KCSN Update. Ben, again, thanks for joining us. I want to flip to the offensive side of the ball for the Broncos. Um, it's 
been an I think I don't think it's it's not unfair for me to say it's been an incredibly disappointing season on that on that side of the ball starting off obviously with the Tim Patrick injury in the preseason how much do you really think that set the the that offense behind the eight ball I can set it back a lot you know Tim Patrick is the surest hands on the team uh, he's a leader in that locker room he's a guy everybody looks up to because of his story where he overcome uh, he's overcome so much injuries and not being drafted as high as he should have and all that kind of stuff and switching teams, you know, getting cut uh, to come out and make himself, a, a you know, a nice player in this league. And so uh, it hurt a lot. He was one of Russ's big time targets uh, during training camp. They wanted to run an offense that had Sutton and, and Patrick on the outside, Jerry Judy running out of the slot. Uh, and then Judy had to take over Patrick's role on the outside. It's just not been the same. So, you know, I, I think it, I think it was a big thing. Uh, I think the combination of the offensive line not being what they thought it was and, um, and then, uh, you know, Tim Patrick being hurt, I, I think that set this offense back quite a bit from what it was intended to be. You know, you mentioned the offensive line too. Garrett Bowles had a season-ending injury as well. That's huge um, uh, for in terms of the offense. And especially, I, I sometimes think when, when people in, in August and – in September or talking about these teams, even July, uh, you kind of forget the, maybe the learning curve that could happen with, you know, Nate Hackett coming and bringing in his own offense, Russ coming in from a different system. Uh, I think we saw some of that, the, those learning, those growing pains early on, but if you could put your finger on one thing, what do you think the one thing specifically has been for this uh, Broncos offense? It's kind of been the Achilles heel. Well, I, I, that's the thing. That's the problem. I don't think it's been one thing. I think that's the frustration in Denver because it's been everything. The protection hasn't been up to par. Receivers haven't gotten open. When they do get open, they drop the football. Running backs have fumbled the football. Running backs went down due to injury. Offensive linemen went down due to injury. You got quarterback not seeing guys open over the middle, not hitting guys. Um, you know, the, the, the mishmash of the Nathaniel offense has been an abject disaster. Um, you know, running, uh, uh, running long developing concepts. Uh, for a quarterback that, that doesn't have the protection to execute him anymore, uh, you know, it just, just it's just a ton of a ton of things. I, I think that that in the end, the the idea, if you're going to pinpoint it to one thing, I think the idea that you were going to somehow combine what Russ and Hackett do uh, and, and make something successful out of it was the mistake. I think you just needed to say, this is what Russ does. This is what Russ does well. We're going to maximize that and go with that, and 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 forget the rest of it. I think that should have been the philosophy of the plan from the beginning. Um, it wasn't, and so here we are. Yeah, and you know, you talked about the running backs with uh, Melvin Gordon's fumbling issues. Melvin Gordon now on the Chiefs practice squad. Um, how frustrating has that kind of been too, with the kind of a lack of a run game? Or when there's a run game going, uh, there's fumbles, there's turnovers. And I know that you know we can talk about the passing game, we can talk about Russ, but I, I think that equally so, the running game hasn't been up to snuff. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. And Nathaniel Hackett's offense is predicated on the run game being that. I mean, he was number one in the NFL uh, in Jacksonville and in Buffalo in, in rushing attempts his, his first two seasons there as uh, uh, as play callers there as offensive coordinator for the Bills and the Jaguars. Um, so so the, the key tenant, which that offense runs on, and the key tenant – on which Russ builds off play action have not existed here. Melvin Gordon was, was doing okay, and Javante was doing okay, but uh, Javante got hurt. Melvin couldn't stop fumbling. It, it got even worse this year, and it's, it's big moment fumbles. You know, it's always big moment fumbles. Game on the line type stuff. You know, the Raiders game. Uh, the Raiders wouldn't have won that game if he hadn't fumbled. Uh, you go back to last year, that Chiefs game. The Broncos would have got off the schneid in Denver uh, if Nick Bolton hadn't come free. And, and, and you know, and that, I don't blame Melvin for that one as much as some of the fans around here do. Uh, but but in the end, when you have a consistent pattern of, of big time fumbling, big moment fumbling, you're going to get blamed for it. So uh, you know, I think uh, it's a frustration. The fans never really warmed to Melvin Gordon here. At first, he was the guy that was taking carries from Phil Lindsay. Then he was the guy who was taking carries from Javante Williams. 
And so they, they just never warmed to him here. And, uh, you know, and, and it's one of those things. Melvin's a great situational runner. I mean, in, in terms of short yardage and stuff like that, he always gets yardage. The problem is just a fumble. So uh, if somebody could coach that out, out of him, he could he could still have, and, he, and by the way, he was out uh, out averaging Javante Williams this year yards per touch. Javante was uh, I forget what Javante's yards per touch was, but Melvin was four point seven. He was out outpacing him in yards per touch because he catched the ball well out of the backfield. He, he passed pros well, so um, yeah, Melvin's still redeemable as, as a running back in his leagues. No, he's washed. He just can't stop fumbling. So yes, huge frustration in Broncos country that he, that he couldn't stop fumbling, and you know now they they just use Latavius Murray, who's who's a glorified short yardage back, um, uh, out there as much as they can trying to you know, try to get something going. I know a lot of the conversation in Kansas city is, is about the, the rust trade, obviously going into this matchup. First time the chiefs will see Russell Wilson uh, with the Broncos and kind of how seemingly now this might seem a little uh, prisoner of the moment, but seeming how bad that was for the Broncos and the extension as well, looking like Russ all of a sudden can't play football. Uh, kind of what's the, are people still, I know this is an age where people aren't very patient, but how how are uh, you know Broncos fans trying to be patient with with Nate Hackett? I've seen you respond to people on Twitter saying they should bring him Pete Carroll, and just a, it seems like people just want to fire sale everybody right now. Uh, do you think that that's warranted? Do you think there should be some patience? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think there should be patience. I think the problem in Broncos country is a lot of these fans are spoiled. You know, they've grown up in the Elway and Manning eras where they barely ever had any losing seasons. They always had great quarterback play, barely ever had losing seasons, usually had the best quarterback in the division. And, um, you know, it's 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 just they it got spoiled on it. Um, I think they're they're kind of figuring out what it is that, um, you know, that, that other teams uh, go through now when they're struggling to, to identify the quarterback position, do all these things. So uh, do I think patience is warranted? Absolutely. Um, uh, the problem here is I think that the worst thing that ever happened to Nathaniel Hackett was, was they got Russell Wilson. And, and instead of being a coach that was learning on the job the first time and going to get his opportunity to make mistakes, when you, you're in a window when you get a Russell Wilson. And so there, that opportunity was not going to be there. And so uh, at the end of the day, I think that that that, uh, that ultimately is going to lead to Hackett's ouster at the end of the season. And I'm not a big fan of firing coaches after one year, but I kind of understand it, you know, in this scenario. I don't think that the, I think the Hackett hire probably wasn't the one they should have made. You know, uh, the three finalists for the job were Kevin O'Connell, Dan Quinn, and Nathaniel Hackett. And Nathaniel Hackett put on a great presentation, talked about things that, you know, guys don't talk about. We're going to have coach for the coaches. We're going to have a softer preseason so the guys' bodies will be ready for the season. Those all, that all sounds great, right? And Nathaniel Hackett put on a great presentation. But the question at the end of the day was, can he coach? Uh, and we get into the season and, and we found that the things that he does are often too, you know, too late, you know, uh, too mm-hmm. little, too late. And that's, that's sort of, uh, that's sort of been the problem or been the issue, um, you know, is, is that uh, he does come to the realizations he needs to, but far too late for them to matter. And, and it's, it's going to cost him at the end of the year. Interesting. So that's one thing that I did want to ask you about was kind of his coaching future in Denver. I know that I'm, I'm with you. I'm not a huge fan of firing a coach after one year, but you do think that the whole Russ experiment, this whole first year is, is enough to, to blow it all up with him and bring in a new staff. Well, you've you've committed to Russell Wilson. You've committed a quarter billion dollars to Russell Wilson, two hundred fifty right. million. He's not going anywhere until twenty twenty five. Any which you you can post June and want him after twenty twenty four, but but at the end of the day, um, you know you, you're stuck with that. So you you might as well try to maximize it. And this isn't maximizing it. And this coaching staff hasn't shown a willingness or ability to do that. So um, you know I think that you know I think it, you kind of have to move on in this case. And I hate it because I've always said if you're not going to commit to a coach for three years, why are you hiring him to begin with? Right. But 
but this this situation, like you just you just can't do it. Are you just gonna you just gonna flounder in front of the fans for three years, be miserable, have your fan base be miserable, your brand new ownership uh, is gonna get a reputation that they don't care, you know that kind of stuff. So I I, I kind of think you have to move on. And I say that because I like Nathaniel Hackett. He wasn't my preferred candidate. Uh, I wanted Dan Quinn, and they and they might you know they might actually um they might actually make that move, but. Uh, you know, I getting to meet Hackett and talk to him. God, he's so easy to root for. He's just such a nice guy. He's so easy to root for. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, if you're not getting it done, the fan base fans are fickle. They'll turn on you. They will for sure. Uh, we know that in Kansas City too, um, especially. So, uh, Ben, I appreciate you joining on, hopping on with me, uh, talking about this game. Before I let you go, I want to get your predictions on this game, your thoughts on this matchup. As you mentioned, Chiefs have won 13 straight. Do you think the streak stops? Do you think that streak ends in, in Denver this weekend? Man, I mean, I, I hope it does just for Broncos fans' sake. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, Kansas City's going to be in the playoffs, probably the Super Bowl, at least the AFC Championship. Um, you know, and and, and they're going to be they'll, they'll beat up on the Broncos in Kansas City. But I, I kind of hope for for the Broncos' sake that they just get that, you know, get that out of the way. You know, get get a win. It's kind of a meaningless win uh, in the grand scheme of things, but it it would mean so much to the fan base here at home to, to have something to kind of like have some optimism for next year. So I hope it happens, uh, but at the same time, I'm not predicting it. Uh, I think Kansas. City's too tough. I think I think Andy Reid's too tough. Uh, I think you're looking at something like a 24-14 game, 24, you know, 17 maybe, uh, you know, optimistically for the Broncos, 24-10 realistically. I don't think the Chiefs are going to score as much as, as everybody thinks because Denver's defense is that good. Um, but, you know, but, on the, but at the same token, if the Broncos can't get any semblance of life on offense, Kansas City will wear you down and, and they've got too many weapons to stop. They're going to get theirs. I'm interested too. I just thought about this while, while you were talking. Do you think beating Kansas City would save Hackett's job at all if he does? Is is the coach to end the streak at all? I don't think so. I, I think he has. To, I think he'd have to win out, and even then, I still think that there would be a conversation. Um, I, you know, even if he swept Kansas City, I, I'm not sure that that would be enough. Um, just at this point, it's a lot of too little, too late, and the ownership is very, very frustrated with his glacier-like pace in changing things. I know that that was a conversation around Vic Fangio when he was fired is that he couldn't beat Kansas City. That was kind of the big reason uh, that they moved on from him and made that made that move. So, uh, Ben, I appreciate you uh, hopping on with me talking about this game. Did we did we not hit anything? Is there something you want to hit on before before we get out of here? I think we're good, man. Uh, tell, tell my uh, tell my boy BJ. I said uh, said hello. I hadn't seen him in a little while, so tell him I said hey. But uh, no, it's always good coming on with you guys. Always uh, always love coming on with you guys, and uh, I hope to see a good football game this Sunday. Absolutely. Well, the Chiefs will play the Broncos again, so maybe we'll talk to you again in a few weeks here to uh, to talk about the uh, the rematch, the second meeting of just what is very weird, uh, weird scheduling, in my opinion, for this game to happen so late in the season and both of them to happen very close to each other. It's like the uh, like the commanders play that I believe they play the Giants. They had a bye week and then they play the Giants again. Um, Just very weird scheduling uh, on the NFL's part. But it listen, it's not a job that I envy at all. Uh, is the NFL scheduling department, but uh, Ben, uh, let it, let let the people know where they can uh, find your work at. Uh, you can unfollow me on Twitter at Albright NFL, the dumpster fire. I wouldn't follow me. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously the iHeartRadio app, you can listen to, uh, uh, you can listen to KOA and, uh, you can listen to Broncos country tonight. That's called Broncos country tonight, but we really talk about the whole league. So, uh, there's, there's stuff in there for chiefs fans, obviously as well. We try to have fun on there and talk football, you know, for everybody. So, uh, you can, uh, you can hear all of it there. All right, Ben, appreciate it. We will uh, see you guys next time. BJ will be back tomorrow with BFF's Trevor Sikama to get his three key matchups from the game. So until then, I talk to you guys next week. 
Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.